Jake Hanley this morning, the managing director and senior portfolio strategist at Tikram Trading, joining us to help us talk financial markets. Jake, good morning to you. Welcome, and thanks for sharing part of your Thursday. I want to get a quick take, first and foremost, on the Fed minutes from yesterday. Yeah, good morning, Ben. Nice to see you. Um, we're in the throes of a winter storm here. I hope you've made out okay where you are. Uh, yeah, and there's, you know, no storm in the markets yesterday. I think what we saw from the Fed minutes came in pretty much as expected. Uh, last time I was on at the beginning of the month, I stated that I thought the Fed missed an opportunity to go 50 basis points. Um, and it seems that I wasn't alone. There were some voices in the meeting advocating the same position. Uh, however, when you look at the Fed futures pricing right now, it looks like uh, some participants are, are thinking that there might be a, a 50 basis point hike coming up in March. Um, I don't see that anymore. Again, I think the Fed missed an opportunity with the last meeting to, to keep the, the pace up. Uh, it would be very difficult, in my view, uh, for them to, to reverse and, and go 50 basis points next time, unless they absolutely feel that they have to. Hmm. In that situation, Ben, look out, because that would signal hmm. to the markets that the Feds truly don't have control and uh, you know, can, can make mistakes. So I don't think they're going to go 50 next time. I think it's 25 basis points in March. I like that. If we were to see some stronger than expected data, right, some of the numbers coming out in between now and the uh, upcoming meeting, ultimately, it could lean them in that direction of the 50. And I'd agree that would have market participants feeling like the Fed was a, a bit more reactive than proactive. Talk to me, though, in terms of expectations. So you see 25 now for the next three, would you call it, and ultimately 5.5, say, by July? Yeah, that's that's interesting. 5.5 by July, you know, the Fed futures markets are priced in 5. Point, uh, let's see, 5.393739. Okay. okay. Um, and so, you know, that's that's around the rate where where Bullard is talking it up yeah. to. Uh, you know, he's he's a pretty vocal hawk out there. Um, and so I, I think I agree with Bullard. I, they need to do it. I think I wish they would do it, have done it faster than they're going to get there. But yeah, that looks to be about the peak in July. You know, notably though, you talk about currencies and, and what's going on in the markets there. Europe is expected to continue to tie in through the fall, September, October timeframe before they pause. Um, you know, when you look at the dollar index, as you were pointing out there, it's over 50% weighted to, to the Euro. Okay? So watching uh, the ECB is, is really important as you're looking at dollar index levels. I've got them here side by side. The dollar, I was just talking about how it's uh, been a bit reluctant to participate to the upside relative to what we've seen as far as uh, TNX. I mean, we're looking at the December highs, uh, January highs. The dollar's yet to take them out. And I kind of chalk some of that to the strength we've seen in the euro. The British pound even recently with some of the data we've seen there, again, to your point, suggesting that the uh, central bankers uh, across the big pond are going to have to be a bit more aggressive still. Let's talk about about uh, some of the data due out tomorrow because labor, unit labor costs still on the rise. You got core PCE numbers, spending, personal income numbers. I mean, these are Fed faves to look at. I'd imagine uh, market participants uh, should be keeping an eye on them as well. Yeah, absolutely. And again, if uh, we get a surprise in any of those numbers, you know, look out. It would yeah. tell you that the Fed missed their opportunity. Um, you know, what's interesting, I was, I was looking at a chart here. If you back out 20 years and go back to 2002, Core PCE, which is what the Fed is targeting, their target rate of, of core PCE inflation is 2%. Well, 
Well, on the 20 year average, it's smack on the nose, 2%. Huh. Okay. And that doesn't give any comfort to us here today who are, yeah. you know, looking at, you know, over 4% core inflation. Um, but over the long term, 20 years, hey, we're, we're at 2%. So I'd say that because it's important to remember that core PC, which the Fed is targeting, they could get that back to a level where they're comfortable. And there's some of the voices out there saying, you know, they might raise that target from 2% to 3%, mm -hmm. whatever mm -hmm. it is. Okay, but if the Fed declares mission accomplished at 2% core or 3% core, that doesn't necessarily mean that inflation is gone. That means core inflation is back to a level they're comfortable with. But food and energy prices, um, well, that could still be putting a hurt on American consumers. Jake, talk to us about how uh, it seems like uh, jobs, strong labor conditions here in the U.S. have helped buffer the soft landing. But to your point, if we continue to see strength in the labor markets, ultimately that could provide a headwind for stocks as the Fed uh, would have to act a little bit more aggressively in terms of attempts to combat potential wage spiral pressures as a result. Yeah, wage spiral pressures, you know, that's that's an interesting um, theory. I'm, I'm more of a money supply person, and, and if wages are going up, there's there's money in, in the system already to It's not a bad that. thing. It's a good thing. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, and boy, Ben, you're you're right. I mean, you look at U6, which is the, the broadest indicator that mm -hmm. I watch, um, that's at the lowest level since the Fed started keeping data back in 1994, better than in 2000. Okay, so we have full employment in America. It's a very good thing. Um, the problem that we have is the labor force participation rate is not back up to its peak that we saw in 2000. Okay, so we don't have as many people participating in the labor force, and yet we have you know, the USEX at, at extremely low levels. What that tells us is, yes, labor is, is very healthy, but also the consumers are very healthy. And again, I go back to money supply, the reason is we all have money in our checking accounts. The printing that we did during the COVID crisis, that money is still in the system. The Fed's trying to slow down, um, but that money is still out there, Byron. Jake, one of the things we keep hearing about those credit card spending, which has been on the rise. Yeah, and, and I think it continues to be on the rise until you get interest rates to the point where people, you know, have a uh, come to reality moment um, and, and realize, oh, boy, we got to start paying that down. You know, it's interesting, too. Uh, a friend of mine was pointing this out, that the student loan repayments uh, haven't gone back into effect. So as far as I understand, you know, folks with student loans are still in some uh, government deferral uh, program. And look, one way to get money out of the system is to require people to pay off their debt. And so, you know, if a student loan repayments program start up again, you'll see some of that debt get paid off. If rates get high enough that scared consumers, um, they won't be adding more credit card debt. And in fact, they might start paying down some debt. That's a way to get, you know, spending to come down and to ease those inflationary concerns too. Um, but you, you, have to, you have to create those incentives. Jake, appreciate you joining us here. Lots to keep an eye on in terms of a dynamic environment, to say the least. Jake Hanley, Managing Director, thanks, Senior. Thanks to you, Jake. Managing Director, Senior Portfolio Strategist at Tecrium Trading, helping us sift through uh, uh, some of what's developing here and behind the price activity we're looking at.